the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch. So subscribe, comment, share, and like at Keys to the City. We weren't here early in the week because we had some stuff go on. So we're going to get into it very briefly and very quickly because I know we have three Italians on the show that love to talk. So when I say briefly and quickly, I mean briefly and quickly. Then we're going to get into the major breaking news this morning, the surprising news of J.J. Watt. Actually becoming a free agent. And then we're going to talk about this quarterback carousel that we've been talking throughout the past couple weeks. Well, you might have to add another name, and that's, to me, the newest edition of the Diva Club, Russell Wilson. We will talk about that in a little. But like I said, let's start off quickly with how Super Bowl 55 was. We talked about it last week, and I think, I don't know, I think Ted started it, and it was the game changer. The defensive line versus the offensive line, against Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. That's how that game went. That's why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champions. Tom Brady looked great. Patrick Mahomes did everything he could. He was not the reason for their problems. Their offensive line got killed. And plain and simple, that's why Tampa Bay is the champs, and Kansas City has to go find some more offensive line help because you saw the big, the glaring holes throughout that entire game. And that's what we talked about last week, and that was one of the biggest matchups Plain and simple, and I think we all could agree that was our number one storyline or impact matchups going into Super Bowl 55, and that's why Tampa Bay's the champs. Yeah, and they're going to have to figure out some things going forward because they're $25 million over the cap right now, but they'll make adjustments, and teams are great with that. I mean, look at the Rams. Look at some of these teams, the Saints. They're still, they're able to manipulate the sour cap just like the Bucks are, and they can manipulate giving guys extensions, making base incentives. Listen – they're going to have to make a decision on Eric Fisher. He'll be a free agent possible. Mitchell Schwartz, we'll see what happens. He's an older offense lineman. Do they retain him? Do they drop him? Hopefully the guy who uh, – I can't pronounce his last name. I forget. But the guy who left to be a doctor to help out with people with COVID. If he comes back next year, you get your guard back. Either way, they're going to have to make adjustments. Plain and simple, like you said, Trev, the game came down to the offense line. Couldn't protect them. And I told Joe when I told you this before, 92% of the Chiefs' offensive plays that were pass plays were on five-man protection. So they never adjusted. They were spoiled. They just had assumed that eventually, like all, all the other times, that Mahomes and the offense would just – And let me say, hey, Joe, I'm, take over. I'm going to take this from you. One more thing. For anybody that ever wants to say, put Patrick Mahomes on any team and they'll go to the Super Bowl – well, shut your mouth because you just saw firsthand for 60 minutes why that is a asinine statement. Joe? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and that's all the proof that you need. Again, Pat Mahomes is off to the great start of his career that he is because he landed in a really good spot on a really good team with a really good coach and things have really worked out. But, I mean, as soon as as soon as soon Eric Fisher went down, that's, I mean, it, it, but even with, with the other guy being out, yeah, Mitchell Schwartz. Schwartz. Could have lived with one, not both. You're, you're yeah. not without both your starting tackles against that defense. And, you know, I know a lot of people want to go nuts about Jason Pierre Paul and, you know, the the game he had. You know, he was single, uh, uh, singly defense the entire game. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not like uh, he was being doubled and had to overcome any yeah. of that. But yeah, this well, game. 
this game literally shook out the way I assumed it would, you know, again, knowing that it was going to be really tough for Mahomes to get things going with so much, uh, so much pressure. My, my bold predictions though, were very good. I want to say, yeah, we were, we were, no, yeah. I had, we we're watching the game and I go, I texted Trev. I go, Joe might be, Joe, look at this for And Joe, he almost got what you said. Hey, Jack, he ba- hey, Shaq Barrett had a pretty good game himself too. Shaq Barrett had a pretty good game. But yeah, he did, your guy. But I think, and Trev, you said this, and we talked about this, was if Tyreek Hill maybe catches that pass on third and 11 when it hits him in the face mask on that first drive, I don't know if the game totally changes, but it gets a, you get a different sense. Because, you know, you kick the field, okay, it's still 3 nothing. you get your points. But if you score seven, you listen, we know what seven does. It's a momentum swing. Does the game change? Maybe it's closer. We talked about even the pass I told Trev the other day. I said that pass where he's literally – Horizontal looks like Dwight Goodman is throwing the now, ball like the third baseman. Nobody, nobody Man. in the league could do that. No, no one. But the thing, right. and I didn't realize it, but he actually hit Williams, the running back, in the face mask again on that throw. Mm-hmm. If he somehow, if that guy makes that catch, you're talking added 14 points. To tw- it's 31-25. You got a six-point game. So that, that game, listen, time. And, and, and listen, the game itself. Hold on, Trevin. I'll let you finish. Was. The Chiefs, I thought, played uncharacteristic. They never adjusted. Andy Reid and BME, I, I was surprised to see them not adjust in the second half. They got outcoached. They, ha- they, they averaged more yards per attempt rushing than they did passing. They didn't run the ball enough when they actually were having su- success. And the other thing I noticed, and then we talked to Dad yesterday, even guys like Travis Kelsey dropping the ball, uncharacteristic of those guys in the big game. You know what I mean? Tyreek Hill, Kelsey didn't catch the ball. They didn't have any explosion plays. I didn't see anything dynamic that I'm used to seeing from the Chiefs. And I just think they were so overwhelmed, they didn't know how to overcome it. And I thought it was a snowball effect where it just it got bigger and bigger. And by the end of the game, it was like, you know, you've seen the jokes and the memes about Mahomes, like running for his life, to, the refs are tackling. I mean, that's literally, he had no that's literally how the game went, plain and simple. I mean, that game reminded me of two very specific games. It reminded me of uh, Denver-Seattle, and it reminded me of the Giants-Ravens. Just a dominant defense and athletic, fast defense that just intimidated – those high-powered offenses at the time, and that's why. And guess what, Joe? I guess we could knock the uh, greatest quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history right off the bat because yeah. it didn't live up to the expectations. Yeah. We were all hoping it would have, but it did not. It just shows the greatness, and we didn't even get into it, and we'll talk about this down the line, but the greatness of Tom Brady and what he did. It's just so good that day. unfathomable of how great he really is to the game of football and how he has changed the game forever. And he's doing something that, hey, guess what? He can play for another three, four years. Hell with the two years. He can play for another three, four years. Tampa Bay looks legit. If they can get some of those main pieces back, well, maybe we'll be talking about a year from now, Tampa back in the Super Bowl. But what is, I mean, an overall disappointing Super Bowl. Was hoping for a better outcome just to see, even though I picked Tampa to win. I'm not surprised, but I was hoping for a classic. And we did not get it. But that's what great defensive lines does. And for anybody that wants to say, Offensive lines are not as impactful in the NFL. And even if you have Patrick Mahomes, shut your mouth and go watch the tape because Joe, it just showed 60 minutes on Sunday after uh, Sunday night. Hey, Joe, I had to pay up my bet. Me and Trev made a game time bet for $100. $100 had, bet. I was that confident. I should have won 1000 Joe, he called my parents on me. He called my parents on me. He goes, Ted's not going to pay up. And my mom's like, you made a bet. You, you never, you never, and that's plain and simple. Unless he's playing Eli Manning, you never bet against Brady. <laughs> plain and simple. But let's get in. Let's shift over. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And seriously, and this is how it's going to be a perfect shift over, because you look at the, uh, the city of Tampa, 
how what they've done in sports this past year, Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, the Rays getting to the World Series, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now the new Super Bowl champs. Now we get over to the terrible part of sports, and that's the Houston, city of Houston, I should say, because look at since the Houston cheating scandal with the Astros, losing all the stars they have, Houston Rockets, Westbrook, uh, James Harden. Now you can add losing George Springer as well, another star. And now you get to go to the Houston Texans with the major news today. Kind of a bit of a surprise because we thought, yeah, we. Th I think we all could have assumed maybe J.J. Watt would have gotten traded this offseason. Did not think that he would have got re released. But that is the major news this, I guess, early morning, we should say. The Hall of Fame, soon-to-be Hall of Famer of the Houston Texans. In the face of a franchise for the past 10 years, J.J. Watt is now officially a free agent. And boy, oh boy, for anybody who wants to say, oh, should the Giants go say it? This guy's not going. Stop talking about the Giants because this guy is not going from one rebuild to a team that's in the midst of a still on the cusp of a rebuild slash getting to the maybe a playoffs. He wants to go win a Super Bowl. So teams like maybe the Steelers, maybe the uh, the 49ers, the Bears, teams that are right there, Bears. And simple. Green Bay and the Bucks. From another rebuild to another rebuild. Green Bay and the Bucks and the Steelers. It's just a big surprise that he got released instead of a trade. I'm I'm proud of this is the one thing I'm actually proud of the Texans about. I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, how would I think of them? I'm like, I'm actually proud of them. This is the one thing I, I I'm actually happy that they did right. They gave a veteran guy who's given everything to that organization, that community. I just watched his Twitter video, the two-minute and eight-minute-second video of him actually coming out and doing it publicly, doing it that way. No press conference, nothing big. Listen, I just want to thank you for everything you did. Because even though you guys booed me on draft day, I thank you for everything else that you guys did for me from everything, you know, and also what he did for the community with the Houston, with the uh, hurricane and everything. I will say this. I'm happy that they released him where he can go pick his spot. Listen, the guy gave everything he wanted. They didn't trade him to a bad team. You know, they could have traded him. I'm surprised they didn't trade him to get assets when they need assets for a team that's in, in turmoil right now. But, you know, for them to mutually – and see, this is what kind of kills me a little bit. And I understand quarterback is different than a lineman and older D lineman. But, you know, if Watson say, hey, listen, let's figure out a trade mutually. Let's have a mutual – listen, I want – listen, I want to get out of here and you guys want pieces. Let's figure out how to get this done. J.J. Watson say, listen, I kind of want to be released. Texans are like, okay, we'll release you. And they, and they granted him a release, and that's outstanding. Now he's going to have an opportunity to go win a Super Bowl because that's what it's all about. And I would not count out the Bucs. I wouldn't count out the Bucs. See what happens with Shaq Barrett and Sue and everything because you can move Watt at either position. Another guy that could go, Green Bay, who saw they could use an extra pass rusher. And, of course, the obvious, the Pittsburgh Steelers will go team up with both his brothers in Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh's over the cap. What do they do with Big Ben? But, listen, it's an interesting guy at the end of the career who still can produce at a high level and chasing a Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, Joe, we've talked about this. You give up some of the money for having the ring. I, oh, yeah. I, I, at least I think so. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when, when you get to that stage of your career where all the individual accomplishments have been – you know, check, check, check. Mm -hmm. You want to win yourself a championship. And and look, to to see Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown just show up in Tampa with Brady and like win it, you gotta be like, come on, I'm wasted away in this town, and these guys are just going wherever winning championships. I want mine. And he certainly deserves it. 
I'm shocked that they uh, that they released him. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, where do you want to go, JJ? I'll take a seventh round pick. Like it's something. I take I mean, anything I could get. That needs, especially for a team that needs the draft capital. Oh I'm yeah. Probably at least a third round pick for him. Oh, oh yeah. Anything. Literally. Look. Here's the thing. You know, when a guy says he wants to be released and he's picking his team, I mean, the other team's got all the leverage there. But again, a third, a fourth, a fifth, anything, a backup kicker, you would take anything for J.J. Watt to release him outright when, as you just said, look, this is a team in tremendous turmoil. And tell me this doesn't seal the deal on Watson. He's gone. This is this is this this is a hundred percent. Deshaun's gone. The I think it's the opposite because no. the Texans are. I'm telling you, I'm reading the reports. I'm, the Texans are going to hold Watson. He won't play. Well, he won't play. They're going to sit out. Sit out. Be worth his time you know, to sit out. You know how stupid the Houston Texans are that if they don't trade Deshaun Watson, dude, I think they're going to hold his feet to the fire. Because they're going to say, listen, we've got you on the for a long time because nobody's going to want to go. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's going to want to go to this franchise playing in simple. Look, a year ago, you sent DeAndre Hopkins out the door and you wanted this guy to be, to do what? Light up the scoreboard? Now you're taking maybe your best defensive player away. And even though he's, he's not at the top of his game like he used to be, he's still their best defensive player. That's bad for time, Houston. Time to stop being stubborn, Houston. You got I know that you don't want to trade. You just got released your face of the franchise the past 10 years. I know you don't want to trade a quarterback like this because I know he's a great talent and a great quarterback in this league. But you have to do something. You're in, you're in salary cap hell. Bill O'Brien has put your franchise set back for the next five to six years, maybe even more. Think because about the trades that he's made and the the like I said the blasphemous type trades I should say not just trades just it, just stupid trades trades that wouldn't even work in video games but you could have you could have reinvented your team with Watson and a JJ Watt trade you probably could have got a third and oh a seven or a third yeah, and a seven listen you would have probably you could have got either a really low pick maybe a, a high second or a low third and a fifth. And then with Watson, you know what you're getting. You're going to get at least minimum two first-round picks, not including two other picks. You're going to get at least four picks, four picks and a player. You could literally, with Watt and him, you could have six to seven more picks and have a player. You could literally recreate your team. And, yes, it will be rebuilding next year, but you could set your team up for the year after and the year after easily and you would forget that bill o'brien traded away these players because you you could it's kind of here's this perfect situation the dolphins what they did a couple years ago when they were trading all their big pieces remember and everyone was like what are they doing are they tanking what are they doing for two and all this other stuff and they traded fitzpatrick and they got two first rounds and they traded this guy and got two and then you start to see ah we hit on we got this player we got this our team is starting to formulate we got salary cap because we got rid of all our big ends at our big salary hits and we can reinvent, we can create our team, and we can mold it together, and we can allow our young coach to fit what we want to do going forward and build something. You know what I mean? And I and I think the Texans should take note, like, hey, okay, we screwed up. We screwed well, up. Isn't that. it a telling sign that their president just resigned too? Well, yeah. I, I mean, about I, that. the guy just resigned, and that guy's also a Clemson guy. So something's just not – Working. The pieces are not part of the going against it with the puzzle. It's just not working. And Houston is being stubborn right now. And they Speaking have of the Dolphins. You, 
You have teams right now in the NFL that would be dreaming. They would give up those first-round picks. I don't care what you say. I'm giving up first-round picks, multiple first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. If Matthew Stafford is going for what he went for, and Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but you get a Deshaun Watson to a team like the Bears, who desperately need one, who have needed one for 70 70 to 80 years, or a team like San Fran, who even with the injuries was still competitive throughout that entire year last year, Imagine if they have Deshaun Watson in the Super Bowl. We're talking about maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't even have one Super Bowl. I mean, that's how it is. That's what a quarterback, a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, can do to a franchise. For teams like the Jets or teams that are in like rebuild, it just doesn't make sense for a guy that want, would want to go to a team like that and that he's already in something like that to go to another situation like that. Well, look, you brought up the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins, I think, are perfect. I think the Dolphins should send, offer up Tua, your three, and uh, what's the other pick, the 25 or whatever, 18, whatever it is. I would package those up, maybe a one for for next season. Boom. You take Tua, I'll take Watson, take your ones, and I'll call it a day. I mean, the only thing I would say about the whole Tua situation is I want to see like at least another, at least eight more games because I want to see a full season. I know he didn't, and he didn't look great the last time we saw him against the Bills. But I want to see him get a chance. But like you said, even with Watson, it's hard not to pass up on an on a situation like that. If Watson's there, and the and the and the Texans are like, hey Miami, we're offering you Deshaun Watson and this. You got you telling me for a team that's right there now. You get him in that AFC with the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens. Well, hell, you can add the Miami Dolphins to that crew, too, because with Deshaun Watson, that goes from a team that's a playoff contender to a Super Bowl contender like that. Now, Trev, I will say this. J.J. Watt just finished his coming off his second 16-game season since 2015 because don't forget he has dealt with multiple season injuries. He had a pretty good season this year. He ranked 15th out of 119 qualified pass rushers in uh, pass rush win rate, which, you know, listen, that's the key. Are you winning your one-on-one matchups? Uh, he finished the season with five sacks, two forced fumbles, and interception. He returned for a touchdown. Listen, you know, he's an incredible athlete, incredible player. He, he reminds me of a Tom Brady's on the defensive side. He's a leader. I think, I think wherever he goes, he brings leadership. If you're a defense that has a young, athletic, great defense, which I think like Miami Dolphins have, you know, J.J. Watt would be a great leader on that defense. Another pass rusher to add, you know, God forbid the Jets get Deshaun Watson. You know, you're going to be facing John, uh, Watson and Allen for the next 10 years. You'd like to have a nice pass rush to go against those two guys to combat them if you have to stick with two and you have to play the running game and play action pass. And listen, the football season has been dominating the headlines, and, and, it's, and I'm not surprised by any of it because especially with the quarterbacks this year, you know, with the Watson thing, that's huge. You know, now Russell Wilson, you know, Stafford got moved. You're t- I mean, there's so many possibilities. Uh, you know, coming days, Carson Wentz going to be traded. You mean, they, said that on Sunday. they said that on Sunday. What, what does coming days mean? Don't say coming days when it's like. Between it's now and April. You know, you know, you know what it reminds me of? It's when Manfred was like, oh, well, the Red Sox uh, report's going to come out too sooner or later. And we had to wait three freaking weeks for that. I was like, wait, yeah. you said coming days. So don't say Carson Wentz is getting traded in the coming days when that was on Monday. Coming days to me is like two, three days. It's not five days later. And that's and that's another name that we haven't even really brought up in this entire quarterback carousel is Carson Wentz, where he might go. 
I mean, this is just one. This will go down as maybe the craziest offseason in NFL history, plain and simple because of the quarterback move. I know last year we had Brady go somewhere else, Phillip Rivers, Cam was like the three big names last year. But this year it's different because of the sense of these guys are might these all guys are going to get traded. They're not they're not going to go sign somewhere else. They're going to get yeah, traded. Yeah. Stafford, Jared Goff going to get tra- got traded. Carson Wentz looks like he's going to get traded. Deshaun Watson wants to get traded. Russell Wilson might be getting. We'll talk about that in a, just a few seconds. Russell Wilson looks like he might be wanting out. And then we're not even talking about the draft. We're not even talking about. I mean, we already know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Plain and simple. So forget about that. We don't know about Zach Wilson. We don't know about Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. And that's four quarterbacks right there that we're not even talking about. I mean, this offseason is going to be bedlam. And I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. I don't know about yeah. you, but it's going to be fun. You know, I said that uh, last night on all four downs, we were talking about the quarterbacks in the draft and and the NFL coaching carousel. And I, I said, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life in the NFL. The um, amount of trades that you've seen in the NFL uh, in, in the last couple, just in the last couple years. The, what does that say about the players, Joe? Now, that I, the players are coming up. I mean, you still the NBA always have been, has been known of like, I want to get traded and been a player's yeah. type league. Now you've seen the NFL. Is Deshaun Watson kind of the, I don't know, the domino effect yeah. of making I, this all possible? I think before you answer that, Joe, I think it's the Brady effect. I'm telling you, by Brady leaving, what this is telling every quarterback in the league is who's unsatisfied with their their romance, their couple, they're going, I was in New England. I had to give up all this stuff. And they didn't do anything to make players yeah, around. And you know what? They went like they the, he went. Then That's he went why it's different. I know. But he went down. And teams are – see, this is why guys are asking him for a trade because they're under contract. Brady left. And he went to the Bucks. You don't think he knew, okay, we got Mike Evans here, Chris Godwin. I got Cameron Bray. I got O.J. Howard. Then he went down there. And you know what they did? They brought more presents to the table. It was like Christmas, but Christmas lasted all year round. We kept getting gifts every week. Hey, let's bring in Leonard Fournette. We'll bring in Gronk. We'll trade for this guy. We're going to trade up, and we're going to go get Tristan you know, it's funny. It's funny. Look at all the guys that scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I know. And, and then you bring, twice, and bring in Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. All guys you bring in Antonio Brown. You'd sign Tr- Tristan Wor- uh, you draft Tristan Wirfs, who plays right tackle, who's a vital point. Guess what? And they're like, wait, I'm going to play for this team, and my team doesn't want to draft. Like, think about the Aaron Rodgers thing, right? What was Aaron Rodgers? Didn't feel like he had the protection. Didn't feel like he had the weapons. That's why he's like, you know, I want to leave. I'll go play for someone that will give me everything I can because I got two or three years left. I want to win a championship. And I think it's the Brady effect. People, that's why people are like, that's why they're talking about Beckham getting traded down there because guys now are going to like, wait, I want to go play with him. You know, if Russell Wilson was like, listen, I want to go play. Do you think that's smoke and mirrors, or do you actually buy into that little report that we heard yesterday that Beckham? Oh, oh it's, it was on the report. Oh, I was watching this morning. They brought it up again. Yeah, but you, you actually think it's going to happen? You think it's a realistic I, possibility that Beckham is playing in Tampa next year? I, here's the thing. I wouldn't do it. I'll, Joe, I'll answer this, and I'll let you finish. I don't think they'll do it. Why bring the salary cap, the $14.5 or $16.5 million that he's going to bring next year? You don't have to. If you want to let Chris Godwin walk, walk. Here's the other thing. You already can re-sign Antonio Brown for a cheap thing because no one else is going to put their foot or neck out in front for him like Brady does. So he knows he has to behave, and he'll stay, and he'll take a minimum deal. And you make a base incentive where, hey, listen, you stay in the field, you play, you produce, we'll pay you. If you screw up, see you later, and we don't lose out. The other thing is you already have Tyler Johnson that they drafted from Minnesota last year who's a vital 
out, can play outside and bring speed. And you got Scotty Miller, and you still have the three tight ends. So you, it's not like you need to go bring in Beckham. You, if anything, you just need to reinforce that defense that you have. You bring back Shaq Barrett. You bring back Levante David. You pay the guys that are there that already have produced. Why bring in a guy who's missed multiple games? And it got you got to like it's another Antonio Brown. Why bring that type of guy in the locker room when you already have one? You know what I mean? Don't do that. And and you need to save salary cap. And you need to think about the future too. So Joe, would you do it if you're a Tampa? I, you don't need uh, to. N- no, I definitely wouldn't. Um, okay. it, for all the reasons that Ted just mentioned. Uh, again, why? You know, I, I he's just a cancer. Bring him back yeah. to the dark. Four years ago, Joe, you would have been saying that. That's a, that's. I, a, I, I hate to say it, but he's one of those guys where he doesn't make anybody or anything better around him. He needs to go play with a veteran. Like Green Bay would be a perfect thing. You go bring him to Green Bay up there where there's no distractions, okay? And Aaron Rodgers is the boss, all right? And you put him with Devontae Adams, and there's your one-two with with a Robert Tunier, and you and you go sign another running back because Aaron Jones is going to want too much money. That's what you do because he wants weapons. You know what I mean? you got to think about a team that has a quarterback that's mindset strong enough like Brady that can, can keep him under control, but somewhere where he can produce. So think about a team like that. You know what I mean? He's not going to Miami. He's not going to go to the Jets. I would love to bring him back to the Giants because I had another weapon to our core, but he's not coming back to the Giants. He's not going and to – you know, Even though Giants fans still dream about it. Who, need, who needs a receiver, an uh, up-and-coming receiver that can really set the tone? I'm glad you brought up Jay o- Odell Beckham and the term divas and stuff because I feel like there is a new diva in the NFL. And it's a bit of a surprise because this is one of my favorite players. But, hey, I could still like the guy, but I could still call him a diva. And it's Russell Wilson. Ted, you called me crazy when I said that, I think, like a week or two ago. And I'm like, dude, this guy is more about the GQ life. And then I sent you exactly what did I send you yesterday? I sent you all pictures of him and Sierra and the GQ magazine. And that's where he's become. He's become more of this type of Hollywood life, more than football. And I know that Seattle hasn't helped him in the sense of offensive line, but has Seattle, did Seattle do the wrong thing instead of look at what Seattle was when they first became this powerhouse in the NFC or the NFL, I should say. They relied on the defense. What do they do with that defense? All those guys are gone. And then you had Richard Sherman that came out and kind of bashed Russell Wilson. And they had head-to-head – it was always something, always an issue in the locker room because they always felt Pete Carroll on the team chose Russell Wilson. Well, that and Marshall Lynch. The team yeah, was Marshall And they cho- – and even – I mean, hell, if there's one play that we could talk about, it's the pick at the goal line. I mean, just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. You're call, you're calling yourself repeat champions. We're not talking they about right now. To get the, but get look, the they had something special, and look what happened to that Seattle team. And look where there's been since. They haven't been to a Super Bowl. Hell, they haven't even been to an NFC Championship game since. So did Seattle make the mistake of, in the sense of going to going more Russell Wilson side than the defensive side, Joe? Well, yeah, look, it's funny because uh, you remember during this past season how uh, there was a lot of talk about Russell Wilson for MVP. Yes. And like six games in, that was still legit. And by yeah. week 10, it wasn't. And the, but people still thought it because he's because he's GQ guy because everybody loves Russell Wilson because he's great. But you're right. I mean, what happened to that team is 
unfortunate, but that's what happens. I mean, this is, I think when you, when you really look at the Patriots and, and the amazing run that they went on with Tom Brady, you have to also put it in into the context of the salary cap era. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, this is a new beast. Uh, the salary cap came about uh, in the you know, late nineties. Um, before that, there there was no cap. You just paid whatever you wanted to, you know. Well, was that with Brady being like unselfish and taking those pay cuts? Sure, but and that and, and that season. and that really helps. It really yeah. helps. Again, look at the the the, the Red Sox of the early two thousands. Pedroia and uh, and uh, Euclid, a lot of those young guys took really favorable team deals, and it allowed oh, yeah. the Red Sox to to build a powerhouse. Unfortunately. Oh. What? 1994, 1994 was when the salary cap uh, started, and every year yep. since then it's increasingly gone up. But like you said, Joe, you're 100% right. You got to play with the numbers. And the problem is when do you pay the quarterback? Because the quarterback is your most valuable piece, but but he you're also – And you're always also, paying him afterwards. You're always paying him after all the good stuff happened. You're paying him for that 30-something million a year, and then you can't afford everybody else. And that's what happens. He takes up a one third of the pie, and now you got to figure out how to pay the other fifty-two players, which is really hard to do because you, you the best players cost the most. We understand oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you can have three or four great players, but then the rest of the team is going to be younger players or veteran minimums, and you got to hope that they all produce at a high level. And that's what's incredible, Joe. Like you said about the New England Patriots, to be able to maintain that success and still produce at such a high level. And maybe that's where, you know, people have to distinguish, excuse me, between the Brady Belichick thing. You got to give, you know, people are going to like, Oh, it was no Belichick. Oh, listen, well, Belichick had to do with the sour cap and maintaining that team and finding the right pieces and the trade and the left loss from other people. And like, I can make this work on our team. Uh, Corey Dillon at the end of his career, the Bengals, it wasn't that good, but we can bring him here for a minimum sour and he's going to produce at a high level. And then we're going to have a quarterback that's not going to take the highest pay, which is huge. You know, we're still going to be able to maintain. And then I can—I don't have to get a number one receiver. I can get a bunch of number twos, and my quarterback's good enough to make them number ones. And then I'm just going to do my best scheming defensively to outcoach everyone else. And it's remarkable what Belichick has done. But, you know, listen, Brady was part of the thing. Listen, there ain't no peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, without each other. And, and, and the two of them worked. And that's why they were the perfect team for 20 years. It's just – it's like any other relationship. It grew old and it got crusty and, old, well, and Brady needed a new, a new. I know this. I know that. I know what Seattle is trying to do when they signed Russell Wilson to the long-term contract because it's a quarterback-driven league. But this team, it just felt like this was a different type team because you had that dominant defense. You had a great defensive line. I understand you have to pay. You have to find ways to pay all these guys. I think the most. I think the image, if I could think of, Seattle Seahawks. It's Earl Thomas getting carted off and flipping them off, saying "f you," because that's what pretty much what Seattle's done. They chose every, they've chose Russell Wilson over every one of those players. Even before, I mean, those players were there before Russell Wilson. I know Russell Wilson helped them, but the reason they won that Super Bowl, and we can all agree on, was because of that dominant defense. Russell Wilson was just there; he did his part. Now, all of a sudden, he's. He's become one of the best quarterbacks in the game. I understand that. But you've seen him the past couple of years, and I've always said Sierra has a, a major say in where he doesn't – you think they want to be in Seattle? 
You think Sierra really wants to be in Seattle? She wants to be on New York. She wants to be in the bright lights, baby, plain and simple. And you're seeing Russell Wilson turning more and more into a guy that is a complainer. I know the offense. Look, I know the offensive line is god awful. And the last time we saw him play in the playoffs against that Rams defensive line, I understand his his frustration. But the way he's handled it the past couple of years, I think it's all more Sierra, and it's just Sierra getting in his head. Yeah. So. <laughs> But but then why not renegotiate your deal? Why yeah. why not why yeah, exactly, not push right? some why money? Not, yeah, maybe he just do doesn't want to remember. Do you remember two years ago when he was in his bed and he was talking like, "Hey, I want to maybe leave because," and he was talking about the Giants. Remember, he was talking about going to the Giants in New York, Joe, about two no, years ago. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Seattle came up with a new renegotiation for a new contract. You know, once he kind of pushed the the envelope. But here's the thing: I told Trevor this yesterday. Seattle Seahawks haven't been to an NFC championship game since the last time they were in a Super Bowl. It's mo- multiple years. They haven't done that well. When they won the Super Bowl, like Trev started this conversation off, was where they won it based on running and defense. Not Russell Wilson. He right. was the game manager. Ever since they handed him the keys. And they were still good enough to win even with that formula. I know that the NFL has become a quarterback offensive-driven league. But that they could still have won with the way well, that they were but, but so enjoyed. listen, kudos to their division rival, the Rams, who did the same thing with Jared Goff, and then were like, "Get this guy out of here!" Yeah. What big mistake? <laughs> well, Let's and, get a real quarterback in here. Well, here's the thing: Russell Wilson is a real quarterback. He's 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 top three, top five, however you want to see it. We I joked about yesterday. He's either three or he's five. He's in between three. Um. When you when you give him the keys to the car, and you have to understand this, and everyone understands this, I think now in the NFL more so than ever, is when you eventually pay your young quarterback, all right? That's why they say, listen, you try to win while your quarterback's still on the ro- rookie deal. Once you pay him and give him the keys to the car, you're going to lose a lot of valuable assets to the team, okay? Plain and simple. You're going to lose guys like Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and all the pass rushers and Marshawn Lynch. That's what happens. But you, the thing is, they haven't done well in the draft. They have not done well in the draft. They've overdrafted. They signed. They signed. Went to go get Rashad Penny, which they didn't need a running back. There you had Chris Carson. Should have drafted the offensive line. Trevor, I remember we had this conversation four years ago when Eli Manning was a quarterback, and the question was who has the worst offensive line, the Giants in Seattle. And we're still talking about it four years later. I was talking about pretty much both offensive lines. <laughs> I also think Russell Wilson's still part of the problem because. He, he is his own enemy because of his ability to run and scramble. You get hit more. You know, yeah. sometimes by moving right or left. His greatest strength may be his greatest weakness. You make the defensive guys give better angles, and it makes it tougher on your offensive line. I, listen, they have DK Metcalf. Chris Carson, their running back, and their running backs have not stayed healthy. That's another problem. They haven't stayed healthy. And then their defense is not as good. And what they keep trying to do is they keep trying to trade off all their draft picks like Texans. Trade another first round to go get Jamal Adams. Trade another ju- to go get Carlos Dunbath. It's it's a win mode now, but they they don't have all the pieces. It's a win now to get to the divisional round. They haven't been able to get to a champion. They even like I said, the champion. They even got the championship Sunday. Not even talking about Super Bowl. Hey Russell, if you want to win, take a pay cut. Do the Tom Brady thing. Do a base incentive contract. Save your team sell another five to ten million dollars so they can go pick up another offensive line. They I don't care. That's why I think Brady's the most unselfish player in NFL history. Listen, well, yeah. not, I don't care what anybody wants to say. He's so unselfish. You see these guys taking these Deshaun Watson, um, Carson Wentz. I mean, those are. I'm just saying. Let's just say Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, guys that seem very frustrated with their situations now. Well, guess what? 
Don't sign the damn contract. Just don't sign the damn contract. That's why Tom Brady, I don't care what anybody says. You can hate him still. You can dislike him. You can say whatever you want about him. He's the most unselfish player in the history of the yeah. NFL. If you he don't sign the contract. The pay cuts that he's taken to make. What? You fall into the Dak Prescott situation. If oh, you yeah. Don't, because here's the thing. I watched the show and I'll tell you yesterday. It's, it's, it's a win-lose situation. It's tough because Dak signs the franchise tag. It's $37 million. Guaranteed. Boom. Whatever happens. Now, if he plays well and stays healthy for the 16 for the 16 games next season, he will get a huge contract the following year because the salary cap, the franchise tag, the third year goes up a crazy number. It's like $50 million. Might be even $60 million the third year. Go look it up. Ridiculous. If, but if he signs the extension, he could get $100 million guaranteed. It's so oh. well, we already know Dallas. We already know Dallas doesn't Dak, really want Dak Prescott. If Dak, if Dak gets hurt next year, even and he signs a franchise tag, he'll still get paid thirty-seven million dollars, like he got this year, thirty-one. But then he'll have to come off injury, and on the team that he would go to free agency is going to give him a shorter-term deal, an approved deal, because they want to know that he can stay healthy. And there's only been three quarterbacks that ever, two quarterbacks that ever got franchise. That's Drew Brees, franchise tag actually three Brees. Uh, cousins, and now Dak. They're the only ones that ever got the franchise tag. So it's not common for a franchise tag. Everyone can't be like Brady because everyone's wife doesn't make $200 million, and that is a huge factor. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, though, is is me getting $26 million or me getting $38 does that really does that really make a difference Honestly, you just want to be the highest paid quarterback. Or in the do I want to just be the highest you know? paid player again at a cost of 12 million? That might be a nice new starting left guard. So you have yeah. to ask yourself. And, and, and I would say, the, again, you, you talked about the peanut butter and jelly, Belichick yeah. and Brady. Again, Belichick still has eight rings uh, uh, to, to Brady's seven. So for anybody <laughs> like, yeah, he's still got more. Stop it. They needed each other. Okay. Yeah. 100%. They needed each other, and and I'll tell you the biggest thing that he that that they needed each other for was Bill Belichick had to say to Tom Brady, "I need you to take less money, and here's why, and here's what I'm going to promise we're going to do if you do. If you want more, if you want to win, I mean, you gotta, Tom you gotta, Brady clearly bought into whatever Bill Belichick said because nobody else is doing this. The best player in the sport doesn't take less money." But he got him to do that. Why more people haven't taken that clue? Like, oh, also, I mean, Bobby Benilla is still getting paid by the Mets. There are all sorts of ways you can pay a guy long after he's gone to make sure he gets his money. Because people, hey, people want that money, Joe. But exactly, you said, do you want the money? The money's nice, I guess. I know that. But like you said, Joe, is $26 million compared to 38 that much? Oh, it's 12 I need to be the highest paid guy. Well, do you want to have that left tackle? Do you want to have protection? Do you want to have a star receiver? Do you want to win a Super Bowl? Or do you want just money? Because Russell Wilson, with the way you're playing right now, you're playing great. Don't get me wrong. But if your career continues like this, you're going to only have one Super Bowl, no matter where you go. If you're – think about us, though. Can you imagine your boss going, hey, I need you to take up a $12 million pay cut? Can you imagine okay. – listen – if it's for the better of the, if, if you stay okay, like it's that easy. It ain't well, that easy. Comparing a business job, you're comparing a business in the sense of football, where it's if I'm trying to win a championship, okay. 
I'm I'm willing to do that. That. I want to win a championship, right? Isn't the yeah. goal? Isn't but you the goal? You also want to make money in your future because okay. life is short. Yeah, but wait, hold on, Teddy. What if your boss said, "If you take a dollar an hour less, I can hire someone and he'll share all of your work responsibilities with you." Here's the thing, though. Brady did that for so long, and then eventually he was still asking for players, and you didn't see Belichick going, go okay, get no, him. He, and he, no, but fair enough. Brady got through, and he made the decision. Yeah, I'm done. That's fine. But he did take all those pay cuts, and look where they got him. See, my thing is if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Russell and Aaron Rodgers, okay, like, show me the game plan. Meaning, if I take this money less – Show me or tell me what you're going to do. Because don't tell me you're going to take $10 million off the books and then I see you don't do anything with it. Yeah. Or you dropped another If Rogers wants to keep complaining and all this stuff, better not sign an extension then. Because if you do, you're part of the problem. No, I don't he care how great your talents are. I don't care how great you are as a player. He needs nope. to sign an extension because he's only guaranteed next year. And he want, it's more about him being guaranteed because what happens next year, it's only $21 million uh, dead cap. They can release him after 2021 season. He's got no guarantee after next season. And I think he wants to control the future and have more of a guarantee saying, hey, listen, I'll sign the extension two or three years. And I'm thinking Green Bay is like in that middle ground. Do we really want to have him for three more years? Or and let or do we want to move on from him next season and let the rookie kid go? Because I would rather, I would rather, keep, I would rather keep Rogers for three. I would rather keep Rogers for three more years than to have Jordan so Love. But that's the problem with drafting a quarterback in the first round is we don't live in the old age of he sits for three years. It just doesn't happen. We try to Daniel Jones didn't. And we had Eli Manning. And I'm well, not Rogers, saying, well, Rogers is still playing. I mean, Rogers just won an MVP, so I mean, uh, Eli, I wasn't, Eli wasn't playing bad, at an MVP level. I know. know. Bad reference, but still, you're talking about a legend that had two Super Bowl rings in New I York. Know. But his time came to an end. Rodgers still has another good, what, three years? Three, four years? He could still play. Lights out. I mean, he just won the freaking MVP, like I said. Well, it's not like, he, like he's teetering on, like, faltering each year. He's he's getting hey. better. Hey, maybe I that's to say this. I hate to say this, but as soon as he started hanging out with that Jake from State Farm, he has not won a championship. And I think that's Joe. I mean, Joe, he hasn't won a championship since yeah, State Farm. He won that one Super Bowl. I was still in high school. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I they just to... added Mahomes to the State Farm, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl since they added him either. <laughs> Telling yeah. you, there's something about that Jake kid. He's not a good influence. See, that's why. That's why Brady don't do any of those commercials. Yeah, <laughs> he just stays away. He's like, good, keep having your fun. I'm just gonna keep taking that championships from you. Well, it, it, dude, exactly. That's the whole thing. I mean, listen, I know Dak Prescott wants to get a ton of money from the Cowboys. Great, you got all those other guys that gotta get paid, and you so we're we're and, and your and your defense sucks. So you you gotta throw some money into defense, dude. What are you doing? All in all, that. Like I said, this is just a start to a fan, fabulous offseason that awaits us. And I cannot wait because there's going to be a lot of movement. And we're not even talking about the quarterback market, free agents market. We're talking about just trades. Carson Wentz looks like he's on the way out. Russell Wilson, question mark. Deshaun Watson, is Houston going to be stubborn and just hold him hostage? Well, 
Time will tell. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Don't know what's going to happen with him. There's just a lot of the biggest of big names, maybe other than Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot that is going to happen this offseason. We're not even talking about big contracts. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, what are they going to do with those, te- with, with those teams in the sense of are they going to give them long-term contracts? Can't Don't wait sign them yet. Don't sign them yet. Wait. We talked about this. Wait. You yeah, we did. Listen. No, you no, 100% right. Listen, you sign them like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, and two years later you're going to be like the Ravens been like, damn, I still haven't gotten to the AFC Championship game. Damn, I haven't won a Super Bowl. Wow, I lost all my defensive players. Now what? Now you're looking from two years down the road. If God forbid, now, I can't, now I can't go sign the number one receiver. Now I got to trade him. Now I got to trade him. And he's coming you know off what? Not for nothing when you look around at Mahomes and Brady – and the two runners up, Allen and Rodgers. I think a lot of these teams, looking at those four guys, looked at their guy and they were like, nah, this guy's not beating those guys. And that's a problem. And there's this big shakeup now all around the league where I think everyone's kind of reevaluating their quarterback, young or old, and like, you know, can he beat those guys? And I think increasingly they're saying no, and now it's, and that's why get somebody newer and better. I think if that's why if he goes to the right team, you can add the Sean Watson to that list. And like I said, the right team. If he goes to San Fran, if he goes to a team like that, the Bears who have a great defense, a contender, a playoff contender this year, but can go to a Super Bowl contender with a move like that. Not a rebuilding team like the Jets. Not a team like that. That doesn't change anything. I'll I'll make a bold prediction right now, and I'd be happy to make a bet with either one of you. By the time they get to training camp in July, Deshaun Watson will not be a Houston Texan. I don't know. Ted, I think you should bet that because you're the one that thinks he's going to stay. I'll le- listen, I'll, I'll read you the statement. Listen. Here's the thing. All someone has to do is offer up the Partridge draft, the whole Partridge family, and say, here you go. There's only really two teams that can do that, and it's the Jets and Miami. Here's the problem. The Jets have so much more to build other than just a quarterback. Miami is close, and they have the assets, but do you want to give up the future? Yes. Building for three to four years. Sean Watson is the future. He's 25 freaking years old. But here's my question. You're over 12 years. If I'm looking at San Francisco and Miami, right? San Francisco is in a win mode now. I don't think Miami's yet in a win mode now. I think they got to where they needed to be. I think next year they should make the playoffs, and they'll probably maybe lose or win a wild card game and then get beat the next round. But it's the two years from now. Will all those assets make a bigger difference two years on the road, or will Watson make a bigger I'm deal? I'm not winning. Go all in. Your team right on the cusp. Go all in. That's what you need to do. Let's close out with this. And I know, Joe, we talked about this before the show, and you wanted to get into this. And it's been getting a lot – it's gaining a lot of steam. So Jacksonville Jaguars' new head football coach, Urban Meyer, a great hire, and I think it's going to work out, kind of is going on getting a little controversy right now, getting a little controversial in the NFL, already starting off his tenure with a little controversy. And that's hiring Chris Doyle. Now, Joe, if you want to give an explanation to why you think this is a very – controversial decision please and i do believe it is a controversial hire so go on uh yeah so while while chris doyle was the strength and conditioning coach at the university of iowa uh and within the last year 
a lot of the former black players from that team have been very outspoken that Chris Doyle is a racist. He belittles and demeans the black players. And I, I mean, this, I, you know, I, I mentioned this a few weeks back when we talked about them hiring Urban Meyer. And I said, look, you look at Leonard Fournette and um, Jalen Ramsey, Clay Ramsey, Nagakwe, there's, there's a lot of players. All of these black guys who didn't fall in line or ran their mouth about the fr- at, at all. Well, you know, you made a lot of those choices, right? Coughlin. Sure. Sure. Because the cons don't know football. They're horrible owners. They're very, they're very um, loud Trump supporters at a time where that's not really cool anymore. You know, even, even in old white guy groups, that's not a, that's not a good thing to be anymore. So I I'm telling you right now between the cons now Chris Doyle comes along the history of jettisoning all these good black players off you again. Leonard Fournette's got a Super Bowl crown. Thanks everybody. I, just, I, I think I think you're making you're you're asking black players to not come to Jacksonville. And I'll tell you another thing. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, very outspoken about BLM. Yeah. Spent a lot of time before the season started with his black teammates trying to understand their life perspective. I can't imagine this is going to rub him the right way. This is not going to rub any potential free agents going to Jacksonville the right way. This is a horrible message. And the worst was Urban Meyer said, we vetted all 28 guys we brought on, especially this one. Wait, I'm sorry. Like you, you were like, yeah, I, I had a, I had a conversation with Chris and I told him you, you can't be racist. And he was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, because they they go back twenty years. This is they actually go back. He was a strength and conditioning coach for Utah in 0304, Was there for one year before he moved back to Iowa. For they go back twenty years. But when he says, you know, we do our homework on our players. I Trev, maybe you're gonna help me out, man. Joe, maybe you remember. I can't remember. Remember the guy in Ohio State that was beating his wife and Urban Ma- and he was oh, on the coaching yeah. staff. Oh. And Urban Meyer's wife knew, called it out, and he said, oh, I didn't know anything was going on. And then they had the 60 Well, we know Urban Meyer brings controversy. I mean, for goodness sake, he was the head coach of Florida, who, Florida, who, who may go down and like controversial teams. They should be doing a freaking 30 for 30. I got, they got, I hope they do that one day. It's got to be one of the works. 40% of that team was arrested. The problem was Tim Tebow was the – Tim Tebow was Mother was Brady. Teresa. It was the Brady. No. Was mother was Mother Teresa, bro? Brady wasn't taking knees and praying to God and holding himself loyal till marriage. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Brady was having relations in college. Whoever, they just didn't know they were they were hooking up with the greatest quarterback of all time. Back yeah. In the By the way, don't forget Brady knocked up the actress Bridget Moynihan, has a yeah. kid with her, and then took off for Giselle Land. So yeah, uh, yeah. that's true. No, but I mean, yeah. Urban Meyer. Like, I'm an Urban Meyer fan. But we know Urban Meyer comes with controversy. And we saw it with Ohio State. And we've seen it with Florida. And now we're seeing it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for a team that's trying to go in the right direction, you're having the number one pick. You're about to have Trevor Lawrence, a game-changer type player, a franchise-changing player. And to make a, a, a decision like this, and we don't talk about stuff like this a lot. We don't talk about controversy on this show. We might get into it controversial, but we don't get into this. So for Urban Meyer to make a hire like this, 
I just shake. I just shake my freaking would, head. Would you agree? This it. is. Like, why do you want to bring that attention to you? This is idiotic, idiotic, an and unnecessary. Because yeah, this, this, this doesn't make any. This doesn't make. Listen, if you told me Chris Doyle is the best strength and conditioning coach the ever, then year. maybe I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, dude, who is this guy? Well, here's I know the you've thing. been you've been yeah. friends with him for a long time, and and I understand that. And he, I'm sure no one else wants to hire him. And you're Urban Meyer, you do whatever you want. This. This is the NFL, though. You this isn't. You're hold on. Listen, you're not playing with kids anymore. This isn't eighteen to twenty-two year oh, old yeah. dum dums. These, these guys are grown. These are grown men. There's millions of dollars at stake. I can go anywhere I want. You hire a piece of crap like Chris Doyle. I'm not coming there. See, I'm see, not the no is, interest in that. There's such evidence. What kills it? Now, here's the thing. I'll just because uh, I have the article in front of me. So he was the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in college. Eight hundred thousand dollars he was making at Iowa. Damn. Okay. Um. Yeah, much, that was I mean, guys in Iowa like super physically fit and strong. Well, I don't really think of Iowa yeah, as no. Big no, 10? no. Oh yeah, I think it's strong. strong guys. No. Joe, their offensive linemen every year produce first round picks. They go, okay. I mean, so they're, they're, they're really well, I think, and they're tight ends. They've had some really good, productive Justin King cornerback, um, yep. Brandon Shreve, um, yep. Tristan yep. Wirtz. Yep. Uh, the kid, the kid's uh, quarterback from um, Washington this year in the playoff game. Iowa. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Wasn't it Taylor Heineke? And CJ Beathard, uh, George Kittle. They're so all from Iowa. Noah Fant. Uh, so Noah Fant. But here's the thing. So CJ Hawkinson. So former Iowa offense Iowa. How you be going on forever, baby? Jack Kellenberger said last June on Twitter that he retired from football in January 2019 after he became despondent because of what he described as a bully related to a learning disability. Doyle was among the coaches who he named in harassment. There was a bunch of other articles. Yeah, see, I don't, I, I don't like the bullying in the Greg, sense of Greg Maven, former the racist, comments, the racist comments are as bad as bad as it comes. When you're bullying somebody, you're belitt belittling somebody. Nah, I, I'm just not about. I, I don't want that. See the comments that have need, special needs. How much needs? do you believe nah. of him? How much do you believe of Urban Meyer when he speaks? You know what I mean? Because he There's does. There's a lot of other things you might actually believe than before believing Urban Meyer. His, his last quote, Urban Meyer, was I'll read it right to you guys, and then Trevor, you can finish off. If I was, I wouldn't have hired him, Meyer said. Once again, I'll explain that it, if it becomes a question. The one thing I'm very confident is that I would be, imagine within a year or two, we'll have the best sports performance team in the National Football League. So I don't know what this guy's Doyle's background is. Maybe he is one of the best strength and conditioning coaches. He just doesn't know how to talk to people. And the problem is we live in 2020, not 2000. And you can't go around bullying people, and you can't be going no. around racist remarks. Not I mean, that that was done 20 years ago, but now it's more front and center with the way our world is. And everyone is a little softer than it was back in the day. People's skin is a little softer. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it wrong. It's just the way we live in this world, and people have to behave yourself. And, Joe, you said it right. Why even – listen, if this guy is the best strength and conditioning coach, all right, that's fine. But still, why bring any controversy on your first time on the job in the NFL? No, I'm trying to say. Just just because, listen, you, you, you want your tr transition from one – college game to the NFL to go smoothly. Now, listen, maybe if you were like Bill Belichick and he hired Chris Doyle, maybe we wouldn't have this conversation because of who Bill Belichick is and the respect he has. And all. 
You know what I'm saying? Or if, like, a black coach hired him or someone else who, like, an Andy Reid, you know what I'm talking about? Or a Bruce Arians who has, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But when you're Urban Meyer, who has had some controversy through Florida, through Ohio State, with that coach that I mentioned before of domestic mm -hmm abuse that he didn't know anything about when really he was supposed to be his best friend and his wife and them were best friends. You know what I mean? Like, come on. You didn't know, like we're, we're not that stupid. You know what I mean? We, we know more than what we want to say. You just didn't want to rat out a friend of yours. And that's what it comes down to. He's a friend. He's a good friend that knows how to do his job really well. And that's why he picked him. Just like he hired Trevor. I just looked Charlie strong ex defense coordinator with him. He's going to do defensive. Back. He's got a lot of former friends from the college game. We'll see how this works. It'll be an interesting dynamic. I think, yeah, that's all I, gotta say. I just think it's a bonehead hire. And I just think it's because we're talking about that. You want good attention. Why bring bad attention? Your first time as an NFL head coach, you're going to already start with bad head tech. I mean, it's just not Especially smart. Especially when you have a team between your owners and Tom Coughlin where the reputation is already negative, very negative amongst the African-American players in the league. To me, this just sends the wrong kind of message. And for a team that we thought has a lot of has a lot of capital, uh, salary cap this year, draft cap, they're going to get the number one pick. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Just a head scratching move. Just whatever. These guys just want. These, I, I don't know. I guess these guys just want to bring bad attention. Trev, to like you said, we're talking about a strength and conditioning coach. When you don't even know anybody's name from any team in strength and conditioning, but because of who he is, that's why we're talking. That's why it's controversy. Because yeah. who the hell knows anyone's strength and conditioning? Who who know, Chris, who, who I don't even know, know the Giants' strength and conditioning who, coach who offhand. Who I who don't know who that is. We want to never. Who who knows Chris Doyle a week ago? Plain and simple. Now we're talking. Well, you, probably, about you knew him if you were a college guy or you were familiar oh, with course. the. My point is, is that not many. Like that's all I'm trying to say. A week ago, we're not talking about Chris Doyle. Now you bring attention to yourself, Urban Meyer, and once again, you have to deal with controversy. Job well done. But like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with this weekend. The quarterback movement is Carson Wentz going to be officially a Chicago Bear? I mean, an Indianapolis Colt? We don't know. We're going to give all the breaking news as fast as we can to you as well. Everybody, as well as, I, as the two CT guys up there, stay safe this week. And I know you're getting more bad weather, so don't drive. Well, Be safe. We got ice storm on Sunday, snowstorm on Tuesday. One more. Oh, oh yeah. Pete of Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, I completely uh, forgot about that. Love that guy to death. It was so sad to hear about his passing. And it was just, yeah, it, yeah, it was sad to know that the man can never win a championship. It sucks. He had talented, talented teams and heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, plain and simple. So rest in peace to, once again, Another sports legend. But thank you, guys. Guys, like I said, be safe. And we'll be back as soon as possible if there's any breaking news in the NFL or in baseball. Well, what are we doing in baseball? When's baseball happening? April I'm 1st. I'm jonesing for some baseball. Let's do it. Are you? You're jonesing for baseball? Oh, did you see the? I guess um, Como, they're Yankee fans, 10,000 people in the stands now, I guess. I so, did. No, was it 10? No, I thought it was 10%. I, I thought it was 10%, 10 because the Nets fans and Knicks, I think it was like 5,000. But then again, Yankee Stadium holds 45,000. So. so we'll have to talk about it all. We have a lot coming up in the next coming weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City as well as Clovercrest Media. You can follow us, subscribe, comment, share, or like. Like I said, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. So you know you really viewing greatness in the making.
Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.